This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. One of the things that we're going to cover today is the idea of glorifying God. Uh, What a lot of people don't understand is everything in the universe glorifies God. You say, I don't really understand how everything in the universe glorifies God. Well, remember, glorify means to magnify or to make known. And so if, I, if I'm magnifying or making something known, then obviously I'm making it available. It's it, something about, some aspect about whatever I'm magnifying is being seen and understood by others. It's being recognized. It has some way of... Uh, uh, observing and judging it. Everything in the universe glorifies God, some aspect of God. Now, there's certain aspects of God that you don't want to necessarily glorify. You don't want to glorify his holiness by you being unholy. <laughs> you don't want to glorify his wrath by you being um, wicked. And, and you don't want to glorify his truth by your lies. You don't want to glorify the life that he gives by, by always being a source of death and suffering. Notice you're glorifying him by, 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 by revealing a dichotomy between him and you. What we want to do is we want to glorify God by, um, by being his image and his likeness. And that's why man was originally made in the garden. He was made to be in the image or likeness of God. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to glorify his nature and his likeness. And so when we think about those things, when we consider that, when you just ponder it for a moment, what in my life and how is my life glorifying God? Your sinfulness and your wickedness is glorifying his holiness and, and, and his judgment against sin. Now, if you're a, if you're a believer, then that sin is placed on Christ and it glorifies Christ's redemptive work. It magnifies the redemptive work of Christ because he's redeemed you from that sin. But if he's, but if you're not, then you are re- you're going to glorify and you're in the process of glorifying his judgment wrath. And, and so as we read this psalm, which is a psalm of praise, you need to understand that, that it is magnifying both the believer or the person who is trying to grow and mature in the image of God, who is joining God in the work of salvation because that's what we do when we're being when we're being sanctified or being saved as that as it were when that's going on we are consenting we're joining God in his work of redemption not only in our life but in the world and, and so as that happens as that go, as that's going on in your life you are magnifying you're glorifying that aspect of God likewise when we get to the portion of this psalm where it's talking about where it's talking about uh, God's judgment and wrath against the world the world is doing the same it's just magnifying and glorifying a whole different aspect of who God is and so he says oh sing to the Lord a new song this is a common uh, a thread in fact it's going to be fairly common in the next few psalms 
because most of the next few psalms don't have an author. In fact, we don't we don't get an, get an author mentioned until we get to I think it's Psalm one hundred three. Oh, no, it's Psalm one hundred. No, it's Psalm. And most of these psalms that we're going through right now are literally songs of praise. They would have been they would have been the opening songs of worship during the time period of Jesus's time. These were these would have been the the greatest hits of of the day. He says, "Oh, sing to the Lord a new song." And let me tell you. The reason God says sing, sing to the Lord a new song is because his, his mercies are new every morning. And as they're new every morning, as they're different for different human beings each and every day, because God is, is magnifying or glorifying himself uniquely in each individual's life each and every day, then God's mercies are new every morning because you are entering into a new aspect of your life, a time a day in your life that has never been and will never be again. And he is sanctifying and, and building you up in the midst of those that time period, in the midst of that going on. And so if that's happening in your life, if that's going on in, in your life, then his mercies and his grace are new every morning. And your song of praise is going to come from a whole new place, a new place that it's never come from before. He said, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Notice the whole earth, all of creation sings a sings some song of praise to God. Now, it <clears throat> might be a, a rebellious song, which God is going to judge and God is going to stamp out one day, but it is a song. He says, sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Notice he goes immediately to uh, blessing his name. And remember, names are, 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 are identifiers of, of, of some aspect of a person's character or nature. Used to be you were named, and historically, most cultures have given people names. But we, now we just go to Google and we find the one we like that's cutest for the children. But it used to be we named children names that had meaning. And uh, the name identified some aspect of who they were. I guess the, the best way for me to describe it so that people of our time and, and place would be uh, the movie Dances with Wolves. Kevin Costner is out there with, with by himself in the territories and the Indians are watching him play with this wolf that he has made friends with because he doesn't have any friends. And, and their name for him became Dances with Wolves. Why? Because they saw him uh, playing with a wolf or dancing with a wolf out there. All right, that's a that's that is a method, a way of of naming a person based off of the outward things that you see about them, or you perceive to be true about them, or or maybe something that was going on during that time period. God gives us multiple names, and those names that He gives us identify, or reveal, or unveil some aspect of His character or nature. And so, when we're singing to the Lord, when we're praising His name, when we're singing Him a new song, we're singing Him a new song that identifies some aspect of his character or nature that uh, we're seeing for the first time, or is it being unveiled to us for the first time? For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He says, uh, he says, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Notice, we're proclaiming the good news of his work of salvation that's going on in our lives day to day, each and every day. We're proclaiming the new work of salvation that we see God doing in our lives. Declare his glory among the nations. Declare his glory, meaning we need to, it, it, 
the aspects of God's nature that we are glorifying as believers as we walk through salvation needs to be a worldwide proclamation. It needs to be out in the open. It needs to be real. He says, his wonders among all people, his wonders among all peoples. God says his, he is going to redeem out of the earth uh, uh, a remnant from every tribe and nation, every tongue and language, every all people. And she says, for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Notice this verse and even this whole passage is quoted many times in many songs. Uh, he says, for the great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Easy for me to say, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He ought to be magnified. He ought to be made known. He is to be feared above all gods. Now he's going to move into, uh, now, are they real gods? Meaning, are they God like God is? No. But they are gods because they are the ones that others are trying to magnify and glorify. Notice he says, he is to be feared above all gods for all the gods of the people's are idols. They're, they're the worship of the created rather than the creator. Now notice, I've said it before and, and I'll say it over and over again so you can get an idea about it, you can think about it, you can consider it. We worship, everyone worships something. You either worship yourself, which is created, you worship someone else who is created, or you worship something or aspect of life, which may be some physical thing, it may be power. It may be it may be uh, wealth. It may be it, it, it some aspect of that which is life on earth, the created. And so you can either worship you can either worship the creator or you can worship the created. And and that created worship takes the aspect takes the form of worshiping some other living being, yourself, or some aspect of God's creation that has been made and that you uh, treasure more than you treasure God. And, and so as you worship those different things, as you see those different things in the world, the gods of the earth, whether they be fallen angels, which are worshiped as God, whether they be idols made of stone or, or gold or silver or precious jewels, like the, the calf that was created at the foot of Mount Sinai, that whether it be uh, Buddha, another human being, or whether it be uh, Allah, who is, who is really the sun god or really Lucifer himself. But, but even Lucifer himself is a created being. It's created by God. And we either worship, we either worship God and glorify him or we worship something else and glorify it. And sadly enough, most humans choose to worship themselves. And, uh, they, then when they're introduced to Christianity, and they're not born again, and they're not redeemed, they begin to make Jesus or make the God of, of, of uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they, make, they begin to make that God in their own image. They attribute to him their character and their nature and the aspects that he says is him that they don't like, they just choose to reject and say it needs to be changed or updated. The eternal God does not need to be changed because he's the same all the time. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He exists in all time at the same time. And you need to hear that. He exists all at all times at the same time. He is eternal. He, is, he exists beyond time. And so he does not need to be changed because who he is does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He says, but the Lord made the heavens. Notice, you can worship all these other gods, but God made the heavens uh, he made the cosmos, 
He says, honor and majesty are before him, meaning it's clear to see the magnitude and the glory that is him in that which is made. The book of Romans chapter one says, all that might be known about God might be clear, is clearly seen in that which he created, his divine nature, his eternal qualities. All those aspects of who God is, is clearly seen in the creation, in what God has made. He says, honor and majesty are before him, strength and beauty are his sanctuary, or in his sanctuary. So when you come in to see him, you can, when you come to meet with him in his holy temple, in his sanctuary, when you join him there, you can know the beauty and the strength that comes from that sanctuary. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Notice, we have a duty to give him the praise and the honor that he deserves, his glory and to glorify him and to recognize his power over all things. He says, give to the Lord glory due to his name, the glory that's due to his character and nature. He deserves that. And that's why when you learn and grow and glorify him each and every day more and more, when you learn and grow how to do that and, and know how to do that, his mercies are new every morning because you're doing it in a new, different, special way each and every day. He says, bring an offering and come into his courts. And, and what is the offering that God wants? Us. He wants us. The, the offering that he wants is our, us and our presence and our praise and our joining with him in who he is. He says, worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness is beautiful and it is wonderful. And I, my, my soul and my flesh cry out to that holiness because I, I am wicked and I do struggle each and every day in who I am and I struggle with who, what I am. And that in that struggle, you find strength and hope and life, but it is a real struggle. He says, oh, worship the Lord in beauty and holiness. Tremble before him all the earth because he is, a, he is holy. He says, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Meaning we need to be proclaiming that he is, he is and, and fear does not proclaim that God reigns. Fear says that something else is more powerful than God. Fear, fear does not, is not victorious as God is. He says, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is also the world also is firmly established, meaning that God has made it and it is firm. This is another time in scripture where God says, I have set and established the earth firmly. It's not precarious. Things aren't sitting on it. If somebody tells you that the earth and nature is precarious and sits on a, a needle point and it could tip into destruction and, and death in the moment, they are, they are telling you something that's clearly out of line with scripture. It's clearly out of line with scripture. The abundance of life that we see here on this earth and our desire to try to find life somewhere else and we'll say that we have found something that might lead to a, a life in that we might have found water or a molecule or something that might it one day in some way lead to some aspect of life existing when the abundance of life that exists on this earth, it, the world teems with life because God placed it here and it's not precarious. He's firmly established it. He says that throughout scripture, 
that it is firmly established. Now, can we muddy it up and dirty it up, mess it up? And can we destroy aspects of it that we shouldn't destroy? Sure. Should we just kill off whole groups of animals and, and stuff like that so they are no more? Absolutely not. We're not here to be destroyers. But that being said, a lie, and it is from the enemy, that in some way or somehow the earth and all that's in it is not firmly established and that is precarious and, and, and eventually is going to we're, we're going to destroy it is just a farcical joke. He says, it shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples righteously, meaning God's judgment is right and true. He says, let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. We ought to rejoice and be glad in what God has given us. We should, and not walk in fear and not walk in doubt. We should walk in the joy of what God has prepared for us. Let the seas roar and all its full. Notice, he wants the Gentiles to fully worship him. And that does happen. That has happened. His truth has gone out to the Gentile nations. And there are, there are believers all over the earth who walk with him and, and chase after him. He says, let the uh, field be joyful and all that is in it. Then all the trees in the woods will rejoice. Notice he's going from trees to to fields, to all, everything that you see each and every day. And I love to ride down country roads and see aspects of God's creation that I've never seen, ride down roads that I've never been down. Because one of the, one of the things about law is each and every piece of property is unique. And so we can't, we don't treat property like a fungible asset, like other things like money or like or a product that is created the same thing over and over again. God's creation is not fun, is not a fungible in that this 10 acres is the same as that 10 acres or, or, or this lot is the same as that lot because God's creation is very unique and every aspect of it is very unique and every point and place that God has made is a unique place and every person that God has made is every, is a unique person. And so we're not a fungible asset in the sense of you can trade one for one and they're equally the same because we're not. And what God has done is not that way. What we do is because we make something and then we, not not in a negative way, we counterfeit it over and over again. And the devil counterfeits in God's truth and, and, and tells his lies over and over again. But God, when he does something, it's always beautiful and it's always unique. He says, for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. And he is. And, and one aspect of his character and nature is going to be his wrath and judgment. And he's go, going to judge what he has created. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with truth. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.